Visit Jerusalem, the Dead Sea, and more through Tour Plus. Our special packages combine hotels, tours, and everything. My family loved Pesach in Israel. With glad kosher food and matzah shmura, they got a great package deal on Israel's leading hotels. For your hassle-free trip to Israel this Passover, visit tourplus.co.il and click on English at the top. Tour Plus made everything so easy. Call Tour Plus for the complete vacation. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, and Israel. This is Noahide Nations, and I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson. And from here on out, I've got my new co-host, uh, Adam Penrod. Adam, how you doing? Hey, Ray, how's it going? Nice to be here once again today. And um, we've got a very exciting guest on our show today, Us. Us. Absolutely. I don't know how exciting it's going to be, but uh, it's a good way to pump the folks up. I'm very excited. Every time I get to hear myself talk, I'm always very excited. (laughs) Tonight, folks, uh, uh, what we're going to be talking about, uh, recently we had a a discussion with Adam and I on the journey that it takes for for most people, anyway, here in the West, uh, who are Noahide, with a typical journey of uh, going through Christianity, and then many of us have gone through the Messianic movement, and then ultimately became Noahides, and and here we will stay because this is where the truth lies. Today, we're going to kind of talk about, okay, now I'm a Noahide. What do I do from here? I'm a, I'm a single guy, uh, there, I, I'm, I'm the only Noahide in, in town, at least I think I'm the only guy in town, what do you do? So we're going to uh, kind of focus on that uh, today and kind of roll into maybe the second half of the show, uh, getting into the idea of how to build a community. And hopefully this will help us kind of get on track so that when Adam and I start getting in-depth about the Noahide laws, you can actually take this to some of the people that you may have met in the meantime. Sound good to you, Adam? Sounds like a great idea. You know, um, I remember myself coming into the Noahide movement. Um, There was one thing that was very common into all of my interactions with with other Noahides at 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 the time when I first got into this, and that was everybody who's about 20 years older than me or about 10 years younger than me. So in, in, a, in a lot of ways, I was very much on my own, and this was definitely the case in college. Um, and this is a very difficult situation to be in. What do you do, especially you know, when you are in a, a very socially active environment like, a, 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 like college? So what does the individual do, whether they're in college or not in college, boy, girl, you know, you know, 20, 47, 68, whatever, um, which actually I just – Remembered about Pam in England. How old is Pam? Oh gosh, I don't want to. I don't want to say because uh, Pam's probably going to be listening to this show. And <laughs> and uh, Pam, I'm not going to do that to you, hon. Uh, but she was a wonderful uh, a, a lady. Uh, she came to the Noahide Conference uh, uh, down in Fort Lauderdale and was quite frankly the life of the party. You know, if I had half of her energy at her age now, I'd be doing okay. So so Pam is uh, uh, a very unique individual. She's doing uh, uh, work in uh, Europe, uh, in the United Kingdom, and getting Noahites together. And she is uh, somebody to be emulated, I, I believe. Yeah, somebody who, you know, if we're, we're talking about the, you know, what an individual can do, she's certainly one of the people that come to mind. You know, but... Let's just talk about for a moment 
what do you do by yourself trying to grow spiritually? How do you how do you grow spiritually? How do you study on your own? You know what what is it that you can do where you are right now? Because you know this is the question all of us have to deal with, and that is is what can I do now in the situation that I'm in? So in our scenario, of course, you're on your own, you're by yourself, you, you've discovered this wonderful thing about being a Noahide. How do you go from there? Well, obviously, number one, we're going to tell you to go out and study. Number two, we're also going to suggest that you develop your spiritual life. So where do you go from here? We, where we go is, is uh, in developing your spiritual life and developing a study curriculum for yourself. Number one, first and foremost when it comes to study is always Torah. Torah is always number one. And when it comes to studying Torah, you're going to want to have a good commentary. My first Torah with commentary was the Hertz um, commentary. It was uh, Hertz was the chief rabbi of England um, about 50, 60 years ago. And uh, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful uh, um, commentary because it really spoke to me being in the modern era. Um, another one, of course, is the Humash. Uh, the stone, uh, arch, the stone or arch scroll Humash. They have a wonderful commentary with those. So you're going to start with with the commentaries. You're going to want to start with with the Torah section. Probably the easiest thing to do is to start following the the, the, the Torah reading that goes throughout the course of the year. You can. That's known as the partial readings, the weekly partial readings, folks. You can find them online. In fact, you can go to the Noahide Nations website. And when you get to the home page, just click on the uh, menu that says uh, Weekly Parsha. And you can go and see where we're at uh, in the year and what Parsha is coming up for this uh, coming Shabbat. Thank you. And, ab- and absolutely, you're going to want to stick with The reason you're going to want to stick with that, I'll tell you, because it makes reading the Torah much easier to handle. One of the things that happens is, is what, I'll tell you the secret behind why a lot of people kind of fail or give up in being consistent with their studies is they get overwhelmed in what they can do. They don't really know what what to do or how to do it or how much to do. So the, having the Torah Parsha actually breaks it up for you. You know, you know if you follow this Torah Parsha, in the course of a year you're going to have read the whole thing. And, you know, amazingly enough... Most of the, uh, you know, um, you can even break it up even further to that, to that than just over the course of just once a week. You can actually break it up into seven different parts so you can have a daily reading of it. So, uh, so, so definitely you're going to want to start with the Torah Parsha, the daily Torah Parsha. But you know what? You're, because you're a Noahide, this is, one, this is something that a lot of people neglect. A lot of people neglect studying the Noahide laws. You're going to want to start studying the Noahide laws as well because... That's what you have to do. This is the path Hashem has created for human beings is the Noahide laws. How can you call yourself a Noahide but not know what the Noahide laws are? And it's a lot more than just seven, just the seven categories, as, as we like to emphasize here. There's a lot more to it. So you need to start learning the Noahide laws. And there are resources for doing that. Right. In fact, uh, some of the resources uh, are, are books to, to start with. Uh, uh, the Seven Laws of Noah is a great book. Uh, the Rainbow Covenant is a great book. And they're all going to be at varying levels. Uh, the Seven Colors of the Rainbow uh, is a good book. And there's a number of books out there that are going to have varying opinions, but 
it's, it, that is a great way to learn discernment. But they're all very focused on teaching and conveying the Noahide laws. And, of course, there's plenty on the uh, uh, Internet, uh, at least there used to be. I don't know how, how that is now, but I know Noahide Nations has an enormous amount of information on the website in terms of what are the Noahide laws, how you keep them, what it means uh, to you as an individual, what it means to uh, us as a community. Uh, so there is some, some tremendous resources. And, of course, if you do happen to have a rabbi, an Orthodox rabbi in town, that is familiar with the Noahide laws, then, of course, we would always recommend that you seek that person out, see if they have proficiency in the Noahide laws, and and see if you can study for a couple hours a week with that uh, uh, individual. And who knows? He may already be teaching a class of Gentiles. You just you never can tell, but the whole point is you need to do something. Right, and what you need to do is you need to study. You need to put your study on a a pathway where you'll actually get somewhere, where you will actually grow. I mean, you know, in some ways, reading according to your interests is good, but you also need to have, to be consistent in your learning. That you're learning the basics, you're learning uh, the fundamentals, because without that, a lot of things are not going to be clear to you. You're going to get confused. So. Torah, study it. Seven laws, study it. Nach, the rest of the Hebrew scriptures. From Joshua all the way out to, um, all the way from Chronicles out to, uh, all the way from Joshua out to Chronicles, you're going to want to study that. You can actually put that, put yourself on a diet, uh, doing two to three chapters a day will take you over the course of the year to having read the uh, the entirety of the, the Hebrew Scriptures. Well, and I would just strongly suggest, and, and what Adam is saying is entirely true, but if you are limited in your time, I would always suggest that you study the Torah, the five books of Moshe. Absolutely. If you can, get yourself a, a, a book. Uh, uh, the Art Scroll uh, Humash is, is a, a good book. Humash means five, five books of Moshe. And it has tremendous commentary in there from all different types of commentators. Rashi, Rambam, uh, even uh, there's some Nachmanides, or Chaim is uh, in there. And this way you get varying opinions, but again, this is what helps teach discernment. So if you're limited in your, in your time availability for the actual study, I would always focus on the Torah, because as we all know, this was written in the finger of God. Yes, you're definitely going to want to focus there. So now, so now we've given you a couple of basics to, to kind of get you going. There, are, of course, there's of course libraries of information that you could study on Judaism. These, are, this is the core material that you need to be learning. Now then, let's move on to spiritual life. How do you develop yourself as a Noahide spiritually? This is something that I think leaves a lot of people uh, sort of, you know, confused and they don't know what to do. It sort of stunts their growth. Well, I'll tell you that this is not the, what I'm about to tell you is not the best solution. We'll get to the best solution next. But I'll tell you the, the next best solution. I'll tell you what to do if you're an individual and you're, you're by yourself and there's nobody else for you to, to grow with. And that is is that you should start reading the Psalms. You should incorporate some form of daily prayer into your diet. Whether it's prayer that where you just take a moment and you just pray to Hashem for a certain period of time every day. Or you actually can, t- can, can actually get prayers out of the Jewish Siddur, or you can get them uh, 
online there are different resources that actually help you uh, help guide you with with prayer. You can go to to, to uh, a website like uh, simpletoremember.com, which they actually have um, some material there that you can use. They have Shabbat music. They have a lot of things that you, as an individual, you could find very useful to help you with. Well, and you mentioned Psalms. I mean, uh, there is no better prayer book than Psalms. I mean, it is without question uh, the, the the way to go. And, and, and here fact, again, if you're going to be reading it anyway, use it. Use yeah. it. Because a lot of us, you know, coming out of Christianity and the Messianic movement, we only think we know how to pray. When in reality, when you find out what praying is all about, you, have a, you don't have a clue. You, you really don't. You just think that you've had a spiritual life all these years, and in reality, you had no spiritual life. It was just merely a feel-good. Uh, but by reading Psalms, I mean, there are some beautiful Psalms that uh, King David wrote from his heart, from the depths of his heart. And my friends, that's what prayer is all about, is praying to Hashem from the depths of your heart, regardless of what it might be. Absolutely. And, you know, um, the Psalms actually are a very big part of the Jewish prayer book. So, you know, you know there's, there, there's universal recognition of the Psalms being... Useful, not only useful, but in some ways essential for helping you develop spiritually. So this is this is where you you as an individual, this is what you can start off with. But being an individual is not the best thing in the world for you. It is not going to in the end, at the end of the day going to give you what you need. And especially if you're if you've got a family, if you've got children, you don't, you don't want to be alone. You don't want you, you don't want them to grow up in a vacuum. You want to give them more than this is just what our family does. I mean, that's good. At least you've given them something. But you want to take it to the next level. You want to, to grow from it. And, and I know that you're sitting there going, well, yes, I do. What can I do? There's, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing I can do. There's nobody around, right? Well, Ray, are they lost? Is there nothing they can do? No, there's a number of things that they can do. And uh, with certainty, uh, you're going you're gonna to wind up learning and understanding what it means to be set apart. Because as soon as you make this decision, you indeed have set yourself apart from Christian friends, from uh, Christian co-workers, uh, possibly even Christian family members, God forbid. But there are things that you can do. For example, uh, on the No Hide Nations website, there's a section that's called Community Directory. And what people have done, in fact, I I remember getting an email, a personal email, from a guy in Canada who, uh, he felt lost. Uh, He and his wife felt lost. They're in an area of Canada that's very rural, and they thought they were the only ones for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles. So I just wrote an email back to him, suggested that he register on the site, put an ad looking for Noahides in the community directory. So he did... And the, the fellow happened to be a member of the Noahide Nation's Yahoo group as well and wrote an ecstatic post that he put the ad in the Noahide Nation's community directory and lo and behold, he got a response. And here's a, a husband and wife who think they're the only ones for hundreds and hundreds of miles got a response. It turned out that the response came from a gentleman who happened to be living in the same building they were living in. Wow. Can you believe it? That's and, amazing. You know, and this is a, a, a seemingly a miraculous story, uh, and, it is, and it isn't. And it's not from the standpoint because he had to do something. He was lost. He didn't know what to do. 
And so I just recommended do this. Put an ad in the community's directory. And he did. And he got a response. You know, th- this is amazing because this is actually a part of, of one of the first lessons we learned in the Torah about the relationship between God and human beings. Right. So God creates the planet, right? A wonderful story. God pl- creates the planet, and he's in the process he's going to create human beings. But in, in Genesis chapter 2, it tells us that the vegetation that God had previously created, it wasn't growing yet. Why wasn't it growing? Because there was not yet a man to work the field. There wasn't a human being to do the work. So what does this tell us? Right? It tells us if, if we want anything in this life, you know, part of our job in creation, but also in our, our individual lives and our individual walks with Hashem and with each other, if we want something, we have to work for it. Because Hashem will provide the rain, but we've got to provide the labor. Right, and you have to remember what happened at Sinai. And it truly is a glowing example where uh, everyone in one loud voice said, we will do and we will hear. In other words, they were making a public declaration that they would do what Hashem said to do. And then they would hear. In other words, they would be elevating themselves closer to Hashem. So at the end of the day, the bottom line is you have to do something. Sitting back and hoping isn't going to get it done. Sitting back and praying and hoping isn't going to get it done. You have to be a part in partnership with Hashem, and that's you have to do your part. And just as the gentleman did in Canada, he did his part. He put the ad up, and then Hashem took care of the rest. And, I mean, in such an astonishing way that it's almost like a face slapper. You know, it just, it wakes you up, it gets your attention, like, oh my gosh, well, I can do that. Right. And quite frankly, every Noahide out there, there is no reason to be alone, because there are are online resources that you can use to, at a minimum, be able to communicate uh, via uh, Yahoo, a Yahoo group like Noahide Nations, uh, emails, uh, even exchange phone numbers and talk on the phone. Uh, I got to share the story with you. Uh, I, as the founder of Noahide Nations, I I get to talk to a lot of Noahides. And what used to amaze me the most was uh, somebody might be having some difficulty getting into the Torah Learning Center, or maybe uh, they wanted to try and place an order. And so I'm following up on that. And invariably, at the end of the conversation, I've had people tell me that, you know, Ray, thanks so much for calling. You are the first Noahide I've, I've ever talked to. And for me, that is a, a shocking thing, and it probably is because I'm so involved with the Noahide movement and, and Noahide nations that it is very shocking to me. But the reality is is that people need to step out. You need to believe in who you are and step out and be that person. Because I guarantee you, there are others out there that maybe they haven't acknowledged that they're a Noahide yet. I'll guarantee you, they're thinking in a way, of a Noahide. So you need to get out there and start doing something. And we're going to be talking about some of the things that you can do to kind of get this ball rolling, but we really wanted to kind of paint you a little picture of, of what it means to, to, to kind of study and get yourself in, in spiritual alignment. And you know, one final thought on that, Torah, the study of Torah, in the physical and in the spiritual, we have to remember there is no destination. 
There absolutely is no destination. It is a journey that will it, could, it would take several lifetimes to learn all of it. You simply cannot learn all of it. So don't go into this expecting that you're going to get to a destination. There is no destination. All there is is growth. And that's what this journey does. It is forever giving you revelation at higher and higher and higher levels. That's the exciting part about Torah study. And once you get started, I know for me, once I got started, I couldn't stop. I mean, I I couldn't set the book down. It's absolutely addictive. I've seen this over and over again when people come and they find the Torah and it's, you know, it's as if um, it's like intellectual and spiritual cocaine. You know, it gets into your veins, and you just can't uh, you can't you can't let it alone. You have to you have to keep getting your fix. Well, I don't have any firsthand experience <laughs> that I can relate to on that, but uh, I'll take your word for it. Uh, but I understand what you mean. It is uh, addictive, and quite frankly, I don't know that there is a better addiction that you could have. I mean, if Absolutely you had not. to have an addiction, that is the one to have: the study of your Creator and how you fit into His creation. And Adam, I, I know we're getting real close. We're bumping up against the uh, uh, the break here, so we want to roll into the next segment on the other side and, and kind of give some examples of things that you, as an individual, or, or you as a husband and wife, or you as a family, things that you can do to start getting yourselves involved with other people who maybe aren't Noahides, maybe they are, but maybe they're not Noahides, but how you might be able to bring them around to have them understand, just as you have, that they are Noahides. And then we'll go ahead and do that uh, in, in the next segment. And in the meantime, I'd like to go ahead and share the seven categories of the seven laws that Adam and I are referring to in our discussions and also give you a list of the books again. I know we mentioned a few early on in our discussion, but I'd like to go ahead and, and mention a couple more uh, to add to that list that you can use as excellent study material right along with your studies of the Humash in the commentary of the Humash. Now the seven laws, the seven categories are not to commit idolatry, not to commit murder, not to commit theft, not to commit blasphemy against our Creator, no sexual transgressions of any kind, not to eat the limb of a living animal, and also to set up courts of justice for the purpose of rendering justice based upon those previous six laws. Now, some of these excellent books that uh, we've been talking about, uh, you could start off with uh, uh, The Seven uh, Laws of Noah. Uh, another great book is The Rainbow Covenant. Uh, also, there is The Seven Colors of the Rainbow, which is a, a, a great book as well. Uh, another very, very good book is The Path of the Righteous Gentile. Along with that, you can also pick up the Noahide Code, a guide for the perplexed Christian. So these are just a sampling of some of the major books that are out there that are specific to the Noahide laws and and help us to, to understand them at deeper levels. These books will truly help you to understand Derek Hashem. Uh, the way of God, the path of God, walking in His ways. It's very, very important because the more you implement this into your life, the closer you bring yourself to Hashem. So folks, let's go ahead and take that break. We'll catch you on the other side. My name is Xavier Tapia, calling from the state of New Mexico from the United States. I listen to Israel National Radio 
almost on a daily basis. I believe they have the most up-to-date news in the world that has to do with the Middle East and the surrounding areas. Hope everybody listens. You mean to tell me you don't have an Art Scroll Talmud or Mishnah? You wouldn't be struggling through Shear so much if you had the easy-to-follow Art Scroll Talmud with English translation and footnotes. It's the perfect companion for the series Yeshiva student or for those just starting out. Get one now at 37% off, Art Scroll's biggest sale ever. Just go to www.artscroll.com slash arutz. That's A-R-U-T-Z. Every Art Scroll purchase helps Arutz Sheva, Israel National Radio. Art Scroll Books. Point. Click. Learn. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around for the second half of the Noahide Nation show. I'm your co-host, Ray Pedersen, with my trusty sidekick, Adam Penrod. Hey, Ray, how's it going? Hey, I'm good for the second half. Feeling, feeling a little tired, though, but I, I think we're going to get through it. Uh, as I mentioned at the end of the last segment, uh, we're going to start uh, talking a little bit about some of the, the physical things that you can do to really start taking advantage of your uh, knowledge, your, your growth in knowledge, your growth in your wisdom, and, and your spiritual growth. Because we as human beings like to be with other human beings, particularly if they are of a like mind. And I think we can all uh, agree with that. So the question really becomes, as a Noahide, feeling like you're the Lone Ranger in this whole trip, what are some of the things that you can do to have you know, You know, Ray, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Yes, he did, but he had to go and look for him. <laughs> so, and, and here we go talking about the doing part of it, uh, uh, being part uh, and, and partner with Hashem in your journey to uh, discover other Noahides, people that you uh, might find in your own community and you just don't know that they exist at this point in time. So, Adam, you and I have had this experience, and, uh, you know, we've been doing this for many years. Uh, what, are, what are some of the ideas, some of the things that you've actually done? I know you're talking about things you did in college. Why don't we start there? Yeah, you know, in college, it was that's really where I, I discovered this whole Noahide thing. Was In college, I made this transition from being a Christian to being, being a Noahide. Once I became a Noahide, um, of course, uh, my next question was, well, are there other Noahides? Can I find other Noahides? Whatever. So one of the things I tried to do in college was I actually uh, started a couple of uh, different uh, student organizations. I studied a group called the Tanakh Study Organization and actually founded it with a Christian friend of mine. And the purpose of it was to study the Tanakh. That was that was the goal of the of the organization. We were going to study the Tanakh. You know, we're not we're not worried about the New Testament. All we're worried about is the Tanakh and what it says. And that was. That was good. I mean, that was it gave us a focus, and we did it. And you know, throughout the course of the, the the lifespan of that organization, there were only two people, and maybe well, there were four people, kind of actively involved in it. But you know what? That was a lot better than one. Oh, absolutely. And and you can't be discouraged, folks, if it only winds up being two or three people. You know, if being a Noahide in Torah was is uh, as, as prevalent as Christianity is, you'd have people banging your door down. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it just simply is not the case. And it's going to take time for people to come around. And there are two time elements here. Number one is in our time, 
And number two is in Hashem's time. He tells us that one day all the nations of the world will come to know Him. Well, right now, today is not that time. So we're going to have to kind of grin and bear it, as it were, and and do what we can in partnership with Hashem to get involved with uh, uh, other uh, like-minded people. And, you know, sometimes like-minded doesn't necessarily mean everybody's a Noahide at this time. But the nice thing about the TSO, and then my other college group that I started was called AMET, and AMET is Hebrew for truth. Mm Mm-hmm. And the purpose of that organization was to pursue truth. Right. And um, the nice thing about, you know, uh, starting these organizations, perhaps the people that you start them with and you do them with are not Noahs at the time, but perhaps it, you know, plants a seed in them for later on down the road. But even at the very least, what it's done is it's given you um, an outlet. You found people of like-minded interests. You know, that you've, it's allowed you to, to kind of, you know, go forward in your journey on. And then right. maybe sometime, maybe they can't continue with you on that journey, and you have to keep going forward, and they've kind of gone off somewhere else. But you know what? For a little while, you've had a traveling companion. Right. And and that's always good. So so in, in answering the question of, you know, what can I do? You know, I'm a single guy or a single woman or, you know, it's my wife and I. Maybe we've got a couple kids. What what are some of the things that we can do to initiate contact with other people? You, you know, can I, can I tell you that actually Melinda actually started a woman's group in Odessa. Melinda, of course, being my fiance. Right. She started a... Um, a women's study. And, you know, the thing was, was that for a long time you had, there were women who were saying, you know, we would like to study more Torah, but what can we do? There's nobody here who knows, you know, Torah to a to large, we don't have a teacher. Right. right. We don't right. have a teacher. How, how are we going to study Torah? We don't have a teacher. So what was the solution? Melinda said, let's get together and teach each other. Right. Let's just learn together. There you go. And that is a, a something that is basically you can do relatively easily. It might be with some friends that you have that may maybe they're not so religious, or maybe you know from your past experience that they are questioning their belief system, or you may put an ad, a little tiny classified ad in in the newspaper, uh, you know, Bible study starting kind of thing with an email address or a phone number so the people can can call uh, another thing that you can do is maybe you have a local uh, coffee shop or a local Denny's or something like that where rather than having it in your home you can actually enjoy this out in public in a kind of a neutral area so nobody feels out of place and and have your little Bible study right then and there in Denny's and have a good breakfast at the same time. There you go. Uh, there's uh, you know a number of other things. Uh, I know you know for me uh, we had uh, my wife and I had a, a no hide group in San Diego when we lived there and now uh, living in Texas we we're part of a, a group in Colleen and when I started uh, Noahide Nations, you know, it, it, it worked out to be a wonderful experience up, up till now, and I'm sure it's going to continue to be. But one of these experiences that I had was a rabbi who happens to also be a captain in the U.S. Army, who we had developed a relationship, and he had asked me as part of his 
chaplaincy programs on Fort Hood, would I be willing to come in and teach an Old Testament class? And, you know, I gave this some thought because my schedule was was pretty busy. But, you know what, I thought it was a great opportunity to be able to meet with a, a variety of people. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. But we went ahead and set it up, and we wound up having a one-hour, once-a-week meeting uh, in the the medical center there on Fort Hood. And it actually became so interesting that people wanted it to continue on, so we still made it one week, but it actually wound up being two, two two-and-a-half hours by the time it was all said and done. And we basically ran an ad in the local newspaper. They sent out a bunch of emails, and whoever showed up, showed up. You can't go for this, you know, this, the, we all would love it to be a, you know, a gung-ho response. But don't have that expectation because you only set yourself up for feeling bad. Well, let me tell you something. Um, actually, at one time, I taught a, a, a Torah class for high school to early college-age students. I did this at VGRI, Vindal, Vindal Jones Research Institute. And um, started off the first couple of weeks that I did it, I had zero students. Right. And that actually went from zero students to, I think, eventually we had 10 students showing up every week. And that was humongous because, you know, if, if you've got 10 students, you've probably got, you know, at least 20 parents. Right. Who are saying, yeah, you should go. Right. You should go learn this, right? And I got to tell you, the first couple of weeks where I didn't have anybody show up, well, I wasn't feeling very good. I was starting to have some doubts. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just wasting my time, you know, right. with this. But then I had one person, and then I had two people, and then I had four people. You know, it was, and, and this is the attitude you have to take: is, is that you want to, um, is that you just want, you, just, you know, what you got to say? I'm going to do this, and do it, and be consistent with it. Because if you do it week after week after week, people at some point will go, you know what? I just had a vague idea that I would like to go do this. No, he's still doing it. And then they go off and they do it, you know? Right. If you have that consistency there, people will respond. Even if they don't respond immediately, if they know that you're still doing it and you're being consistent with it, right? eventually people will start, you know, coming around and start doing it. Right. Well, they say in, in Marketing 101 that in order for people to respond to a new advertisement, it takes them to visually see it three times. Mm. And what you're talking about is exactly the case. They see it enough times, they become friendly with it, and you guess, you know, maybe I will go and check this out. And lo and behold, you get a phone call, and you now have a new person in your group. And the thing is, don't go in with huge expectations. Allow Hashem to do His thing. All you need to do is what you need to do, and that's let people know that of the availability of a, a Bible study gathering. You know, another thing that I always thought that was helpful in maintaining this is that, you know, it's also good to kind of push a social aspect to it. Yes. So that with my young Torah group, that's what we call the, the high schoolers, we call, it, we call it the young Torah. Right. And what we would do is um, when we finished reading one of the books of the Torah, We'd go to CC's and, and uh, I'd buy everybody pizza. Oh, well, I'd get in line for that one. I mean. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I'm not suggesting everybody said, you know, oh, my goodness, I, you know, we'll pull out their wallets. But it was something good because um, it gave people, it gave the people who were coming a chance to interact socially. And so not only are you building this interest in the intellectual aspect of Torah, but you're also, you're also building this fellowship. You're, you're building uh, a relationship 
between people in the group, and that's going to maintain and help build whatever you're trying to do, even if it's just your family. It, you know, some people some people underestimate the power of having your family as your community. Right. But a family is a community. It's right. the most basic. It's the most basic form of a community that we have is our family. Right. And if you can consistently consistently do uh, maybe a Shabbat, um, do a Bible study. I mean, that's huge. Right. And uh, the the neat thing about this is you're going to be literally learning about your community. You're going to be finding new friends, new people that you may never ever have met. On the other hand, you may get a phone call from your next door neighbor yes. who who happens to be in Noahide or happen to be looking at you know a website or reading about the Noahide laws uh, that you just never know, and, and I guarantee that you never will know if you don't do anything. Absolutely. Okay, and and so I encourage everyone to be creative in the things that you're doing. I mean, once you get a group going, you know, don't make it a, a, a Bible study every week. Take them, take them out like Adam says. Uh, go out for dinner. Uh, go bowling. Uh, go to the circus. I mean, you know, whatever. Have have some some true uh, fellowshipping at a social level. Doesn't always have to be about the study, because guess what? We get to study about each other as well. Okay, so again, some of the things that you can do are, are like I mentioned, you can uh, run an ad. Uh, if you have uh, some youth and some legs, you might want to you know, print up some flyers and, and you know, take them around your home neighborhood. Uh, you know, there's a, a number of things that you can do from a, a creative level. You don't have to be concerned about, gosh, I don't have the, the, the knowledge of the rabbis and, 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 and I can't teach Torah. It's not about that. What it is about is learning together. Sure. And there are many things that you can do. Uh, you know, we we're talking about the idea of having uh, some CDs that have teachings from, from rabbis. Our, you know, the, the Noahide World Conference. I'm going to tell you, Ray, that World Conference DVD set has been a wonderful tool for people getting together and learning. Because it's been more than one occasion I've known of people who have taken one of those DVDs and they've had a group of people sit around and they just watch it and afterwards have a great discussion on it. Right. It's I mean, there's some pretty awesome speakers in the, you know, for that world conference. Yeah. And it's it's a lot to it's a lot to take in and it's a lot of fun to do something with the group. Well, and the real beauty of it is is there's twenty five of them. So it's not like there'd be a, a tremendous shortage. And the reason we did the DVDs is because there's so much information, so much knowledge being taught, so much Torah being taught, you cannot remember it all. So sure. even in sitting and listening to just one of them, you may want to do a review list in the following week with the same group of people so you can really start absorbing mentally and spiritually what is being taught. And, and there are other things. There are, Of course, you have the... Uh Classes available. Right. You've been doing like, what, two or three years with the classes. Right. There are other places like Rabbi Richmond's is Universal Torah Network. He and Sam Peake and Rabbi Greenbaum. Right. Lots and lots of teaching there. Exactly. You know, you, know, you can, I mean, it's not all just, we're not just doing a, 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 a plug for No Eye Nations here, but what we're saying is, is that, you know, there is a lot of opportunity that exists. We live in a digital age, and as a digital age, us making contact. That's having availability of teaching, of learning, 
um, is much easier than it's ever been before. So there's actually a lot that you can do. You don't have to be an expert. Right. In fact, you know, sometimes coming upon this and learning together and re- recognizing you're not expert, sometimes that is a very good thing because what it means is every is you've got you take ten people, you like take five people, and you sit them down and you have them read the same scriptural verses, and I guarantee you, you know, you'll have a, a different point of view on something. From everybody. And that's going to cause discussion. That's going to cause you having to look harder at it. And that questioning and that looking is going to help you grow and learn. Well, and the thing is with with people who are doing it together, there's a, 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 a bonding that occurs because you're all on this journey of discovery. Yes. So it's really just getting it started. In fact, another uh, a good idea that anyone can look into, because everyone has a local newspaper. I don't care if you live in a town of a thousand or, or a town of uh, you know of, uh, several million. Every newspaper has a religious section. The majority of these newspapers allow you to put a free ad in the religious section. For, I mean, churches do it, uh, synagogues do it. I mean, everybody does it. Why not you? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, and that is free. Same with, you know, uh, uh, just printing up some flyers on your home computer. It's not necessarily free. Sure, you've got your time, the cost of paper, you know, things like that. But it's minimal in order to begin to uh, build uh, a, a, a community, if you will, even if it's only winding up being a community of four or five. Sure. You know, and then you've got the big events that you keep an eye out for because they're happening all over. For example, Jim Long is going to be teaching on the, the riddle of the Exodus and proofs that the Exodus did occur. It's going to be happening in L.A. for the folks out in, in L.A., California. There's a regional conference uh, uh, coming up in Texas down in Bruceville. There's, of course, you know, no nations will be having another world conference. So keep an eye out for these types of events. These are the places that you want to go. I know that sometimes it's difficult because you feel a little worried, a little scared, but you know what? That's part of the thrill of the seeking. It was so funny at the, at the Noahide World Conference, my friend Jacob Scharf and uh, Andrew Overall, they were catching a flight to come to the conference, right? It was mm-hmm. like a two or three part flight. On the flight, um, they ended up sitting next to a lady who it turned out was um, coming from Kentucky heading towards the Noad Conference. Oh. <laughs> so they were going the same they were going to the same place and uh, they didn't even know that one another existed, wound up on the same flight sitting next to each other coming to the conference. Well, and that was part of the uh, amazing thing about the conference, being there and you being there and you know there were some of us who knew each other just mm-hmm. from you know long associations of just being Noahide. Sure. But there were there were more people that I did not know right. than people that I did know, and it is absolutely uh, amazing. In fact, uh, one of the things that uh, Vendel, Professor Jones, had told me. In fact, I even asked him the question because I forever kept seeing Vendel staring at people's badges. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out what is he doing. He's holding it in their hand. He's he's looking at it. And so finally, I got him off to the side and asked Vendel, "What are you What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. He says, "Ray, I can't believe." How many people are here that I don't know? Yeah. And this is a man who's been in the Noahide movement how many years, Adam? 25, 30? 20, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's been around seemingly forever. And that was one of the things that amazed him most about that. So they are out there. 
and I know they're out there. I've had people that I've talked to from, from you know who called into Noahide Nations, or uh, I had to you know respond to an email or something along those lines that are just they feel like they're out there alone. Yes. And when I ask them the question, so what have you done to change that? Well, I haven't done anything. Yeah. And so that's when I, of course, have to ask the simple question, when do you plan on starting right. so that you can eliminate this, this dilemma that you're in? Right. And invariably, they, the next question is, well, what, what, can, what ideas? Well, and that's what, we're, that's what we're trying to provide to everybody right here, right now. And here's, a, here's a, an interesting thing. George Brock has an interesting approach. And I'm not saying that everybody has to go out and become a karate master <laughs> to find, found a group of uh, fellow Noahides. But I would say that I think George has hit upon something very unique, and that is is that many of his many of, of the people that form his community started off because they had a common interest in karate. Right. So that means that you know sometimes finding Noahides is not about going out and saying, "Hey, let's start a, a, a Noahide study group." Sometimes it's it's in part finding a common interest and saying, you know what, I like collecting comic books and I'm a Noahide. You know, there are the people out, out there. I'm, I like doing karate, but I'm also a Noahide. You know, and so sometimes it's easier for people to actually come together on other interests. And so this is another idea. Maybe you know, yeah. maybe you want to find a, a you know a group of people who like collecting you know uh, collecting trains. Well, it could be you know, so many opportunities. I mean, um, a lot of folks are part of uh, uh, motorcycle groups that, right. you know, ride for freedom and ride for causes. And uh, there's there's baseball leagues. You know, you got little leagues for the kids. And there's always adults. There's always parents. And it's really mustering up the courage to ask a couple questions and see if there might be an interest on on any level. Find out where these folks are at. And these are things that you're doing on a regular basis uh, every day of your life. Going to work. I mean, some places only have a few employees. Others have, you know, several thousand. And you just never know until you put yourself out there. Does this mean that you will not have a bad experience? No, that's not what it means. But you know what? That's what Hashem is for. Hashem builds us up when we, we gain our strength from Hashem, His Torah, and we're able to continue on. And this becomes the, the real secret between but behind building a community, and that is prayer. If there's anything in your life that you need, then the first thing that ought to come to your brain is, I should pray to Hashem for it. Good suggestion. Because that is where, where, that's going to give you your true success. That's going to be where you're going to actually be able to accomplish what your, your heart desires. Is when you turn to Hashem in prayer and you recognize, Hashem, I'm a human being, I need your help. And on that note, I think this is a great place, Adam, to bring this show to its conclusion, sadly. Let's always remember that prayer is an absolute must in everything that we do in Hashem's creation. Just remember, folks, there are an enormous number of things that you can do. We've just shared a few of them with you here today. If you have any great ideas, things you'd like to share with others, please send them to us on the email at noahide at israelnationalradio.com. We'll share them on the air. But we'd like to see you folks get involved right along with us. 
So until next week, always remember to look to the heavens for your strength from Hashem, because my friends, I guarantee he's always looking out for you. See you next week here on Noahide Nations, right here on IsraelNationalRadio.com. Hop down on time at the airport. Introducing the ultimate airport experience by Menashe Sofer's airport service. It's the first of its kind. The VIP meet and assist shuttle guarantees a completely stress-free traveling experience to and from Ben-Gurion International Airport. Online at www.msoferairport.com. Tell them you heard about it here at Israel National Radio. Speed and service. msoferairport.com. M-S-O-P-H-E-R airport.com. Israel National Radio. We call them God's warriors. We do not live in occupied territories, but rather we've been preoccupied with this land for 3,000 years. Its biblical name, Judea and Samaria. And we are indeed determined to settle the land. So thank you, CNN, for making sure that everybody knows that we're home to some of the most zealous of God's Jewish warriors. Israel National Radio.